Hey everybody, it's Kevin Dietz. I hosted season two of Shattered, White Boy Rick. If you haven't heard it yet, you can go back and hear all eight episodes in this feed. I know we're in the middle of season three of Shattered right now, but I'm back to let you know what's been going on with Rick and to tell you about a development in his story. From the beginning, Rick's story has been about bad choices and bad luck. It led him to spend almost two thirds of his life in prison. Arrested at 17 years old on a cocaine charge, now he's 49 and finally has a shot at becoming a free man. Executive Clemency Board meeting is now called to order. Before we begin, I'd like to ask uh, Chaplain Barry Beauchamp of the Department of Corrections to lead us in the invocation and Pledge of Allegiance. In late August 2017, Rick Worshey Jr. was released by the state of Michigan after winning parole for his life sentence from a cocaine conviction in 1988. But after 29 years behind bars, he was not free to go home. He was turned over to the custody of the state of Florida, Department of Corrections. That's because Rick pleaded guilty to being part of a car theft ring from behind bars. Here's Rick's lawyer, Ralph Maselli. It was a stolen car ring. They would steal luxury automobiles from dealership used car lots. They would change the VIN numbers and then they would sell them. And the, the guy that was the ringleader was in prison with Rick. He was operating this out of a federal prison. Well, Rick called his mother and sister and said, hey, these are great deals. At the time Rick got involved in the car ring, he had just been turned down yet again for parole in Michigan and figured he'd never get out. And when the chance came to make some money for his children, he took it. The ringleaders were busted, and so was Rick. He was charged with conspiracy. He was sentenced to five years and went straight from a Michigan prison to a Florida prison. His outdate was set for October 2020. Rick and I talked just about every week when he was in the Michigan prison. And I used our recorded conversations and close to 100 TV news stories, as well as this podcast. When he went to Florida, we still talked every week. But Rick said he no longer wanted our phone calls recorded. And he no longer wanted his story on TV. He wanted to go to Florida, be quiet, and keep as low a profile as possible. I'm not white boy Rick. I'm Rick. I'm not, I'm not the person I was made out to be. I did some bad things, and the second half of my life, I'm going to do some good with it. And the people that have fought so hard for me, I'm not going to let them down. His plan was to fit in and be a regular inmate and push for an early release from the Florida Clemency Board. He hired attorney Jeff Kotkamp, a former Florida lieutenant governor with connections. Kotkamp got to work, and it paid off. He was able to get Rick a hearing for December 5, 2018. This would be Rick's chance to make his case before the clemency board. If he received a yes vote from the governor and one other board member, he would have his sentence changed to time served and would be free to go ahead of his outdate of 2020. Before the hearing, Rick told me he was cautiously optimistic. His attorney told him Governor Rick Scott was likely a yes vote and it was very likely he would get a second yes vote from either Attorney General Pam Bondi, Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Patronis, or Department of Agriculture Director Adam Putnam. And then, less than one week before the hearing that could free him, 
The 41st president of the United States, George H.W. Bush, has died. I'm going to bring in now CNN's... Typically, that would have no impact on a Florida clemency hearing until it was announced that the funeral would fall on December 5th, the same day Rick was scheduled to have his hearing. And because of that service, President Trump has called for Wednesday to be a federal holiday. This means nearly all federal workers will be excused from work and their agencies will be closed. This includes U.S. There would be no work for government employees and no hearing for Rick. The Florida Clemency Board canceled the hearing with no mention of when or if it would be rescheduled. Time was of the essence because a month earlier, on November 8th, Florida had a general election. They voted in a new governor, Ron DeSantis, and a new attorney general, Ashley Moody. They would replace outgoing Governor Rick Scott and outgoing Attorney General Pam Bondi on January 1st, 2019. This would create a lot of uncertainty. Rick's concern was a brand new governor and attorney general might not vote to release him. The days clicked away, one after another, until... The new year rang in. And with it came the new clemency board. Rick's hearing was finally rescheduled for March 13, 2019 at 8 in the morning at the Florida State Capitol in Tallahassee. Rick was not allowed to attend. He would remain in his prison cell three hours south of the hearing room. His team had only 10 minutes to make their case. Under the category of commutation of sentence, favorable recommendations, number one, Richard Worshi. Rick's attorney, Jeff Kotkamp, the former lieutenant governor of Florida, spoke first, setting the stage for the argument that Rick should be released immediately. I think in the eight years that you serve on this board, this will be the most uh, unique case that you ever see. With me today are two distinguished retired FBI agents, Herman Groman and Greg Schwartz, who are going to speak on behalf of the release of Mr. Worshin. I think that alone uh, makes this case very unique. To fully understand Mr. Worshi's case, you can't just look at the Florida charge, but you have to look at the totality of the circumstances. He was recruited at the age of 14 to help break up drug gangs in Detroit. And it really hits home for me because that's how old my son is, 14 and in the eighth grade. And Mr. Worshi was very good at it because of his hard work, 25 dangerous drug dealers were put away, put behind bars, taken off the street. Mr. Worshi has spent his entire adult life in prison, and yet, even while in prison, in the witness protection program, he continued to help law enforcement and help put away 12 corrupt public officials. And after 31 years in prison, I think it's fair to say that Mr. Worshi has paid his debt to society and then some. Frankly, I don't think the taxpayers of Florida benefit by him being behind bars one more day. He's been a model prisoner, has an incredible support group, and I'm really blown away, frankly, by his positive attitude, considering all that he has been through. And I believe if given a second chance, there's no doubt in my mind that Mr. Worshi will be a model citizen. And Governor, with your permission, I would ask uh, Herman Groman to now speak. You remember Herm from Operation Backbone. Good morning. Thank you. For, Good morning. Thank you for having me. He was the lead agent in the effort to bust dirty cops and Mayor Coleman Young's brother-in-law, Willie Volson, who was protecting drug shipments in the early 90s in Detroit. 
A dozen people were arrested and convicted, all because Rick was willing to vouch for an undercover FBI agent posing as a Miami drug dealer looking to bring cocaine shipments into Michigan. Roman promised Rick he would repay him by doing everything and anything he could to win his release from prison. So um, I'm here today on my own free will. I'm not under subpoena. And I'm here because I believe that a great injustice to Richard Worshey Jr. has been done by the government. Roman focused on Worshey's invaluable informant help to law enforcement in Michigan as a 14-year-old teenager and as an inmate in the 1990s after his drug conviction. Uh, he supported the role of an undercover agent who was introduced to these corrupt police officers. And as a result, uh, 11 or 12 of these police officers and some additional public officials were convicted and received substantial prison sentences, 30 plus years. They are out. But Groman never mentioned Rick's crime in Florida or how he has repented or helped law enforcement since committing the car theft ring crime in Florida in 2006. With the 10 minute time limit closing in, Rick's team suddenly stopped Groman in mid-sentence. Do we have another agent? You do. I think you guys, I think you guys have a couple more minutes. That FBI agent was Greg Schwartz. And uh, I've been associated with the FBI for 47 years. He stood up and explained he was the lead on the Johnny Curry Drug Organization case, the major drug bust that came about because of then, 14-year-old Rick Wershey became friends with the Currys and fed the FBI information that led to police raids and the fall of the criminal organization. Uh, and during my time, uh, I have come to know uh, Richard Worshey for the last 32 years. He and I have had two conversations each week for 32 years. During that period, uh, I have come to know him as somebody who's sincere, who's honest, who has never lied to me about anything. Uh, we have spoken over the, over the time period about a number of different events, current events, how he would handle the situation, uh, his contributions to society, uh, and I fully <coughs> recommend him for um, clemency. Uh, he's contributed greatly to law enforcement. I, I challenge anybody to tell me one prisoner who has contributed more to law enforcement than this man. Uh, it was an emotional plea. But again, no mention of Rick's car theft involvement in Florida or how Rick is a better person today. No mention that every year for the past five years, Rick has helped organize a food drive that feeds the poor in the Detroit neighborhood he grew up in. No mentions of the numerous pieces of artwork Rick has drawn and donated to various charities. The Florida Clemency Board jumped in and the hearing took a quick turn. Newly elected governor and Clemency Board member Ron DeSantis. Um, but it, I, I appreciate that, but isn't, I mean, he was committing crimes in prison, correct? I mean, in the early 2000s, um, he was involved with a multi-state uh, auto theft ring that was moving stolen cars and cocaine from Miami he, up to Virginia. So he had been helping you guys and then turned around and engaged in additional criminal misconduct. And that's the reason why he's, he's in Florida prison, correct? That's true. Okay. That's true. I, mean, I, think, I appreciate I think, though, his like help, Mr. but I Kotkamp think... Mr. Kotkamp said, you need to take a look at the totality over the last 32 years of everything that he has done and contributed 
Uh, I, I think that's fair, but I think that, um, you know, when he's described as a model prisoner, a model prisoner doesn't commit additional felonies in prison. I mean, I think that's just, he's, I, he's I think it undermines had, the case to try to say that. He's I mean, you never gotta, had any tickets while he's been in prison. He's never caused any trouble. Agent Schwartz pointed out, despite breaking the law from behind bars that one time, Rick has never been a problem for prison officials in more than 30 years. The, due to the witness protection program, he's been transferred to 13 different prisons, and each and every time he's been transferred, I've received telephone calls from the, his handler saying, why is this guy here? He's not the, he doesn't have the character, etc., cetera, as, as the mo most of our prisoners do. You need to do more to get him out. Well, you can't get him out being- But the, the board made it clear they were more interested in the crime Rick did commit while in prison. Does anyone have any questions for... Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. It is true that most of your involvement with him deals with his charges and sentence in Michigan, is that correct? That's true. And then when he was transferred to Florida and housed in prison here, which is when he did the multi-state, over 100-car grand theft auto ring from prison, correct? And that's what he received five years in prison in Florida for. But let's keep in mind when was that when yes they, when they was that a yes? I, I think so. Yes. You didn't have any dealings with I him or a hand in his with regards to that theftering case. from prison in Florida. No. And but, in, but on that keep, sentence, it's, it's important to know. One moment, that when please. He was I'm still asking you a question. Go ahead. On that sentence, uh, he received five years and was given credit for already for 488 days on a five-year sentence for a multi-state over 150-car grand theft ring from Florida. And you didn't have any hand in that particular case. I did not. I did not. Agent Groman jumped back up to try and right the ship. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to address that, if I may. Sure. Um, I was still in the FBI at that, at that point, and um, I was contacted by Florida authorities. So uh, when I talked to Wershey, following that, I said, what did you do? He immediately confessed to it. Uh, I wrote that report up uh, based on his confession and submitted it to the Miami office. Uh, when I asked him what his involvement was in this case, uh, he told me that uh, he had very minimal uh, involvement. The investigation showed that. Uh, it, he provided, I believe, one uh, vehicle that turned up to be stolen. Uh, to his sister and his mother in Michigan. That's what I was told. With the 10-minute time window now passed, former FBI agent Herm Groman made one final plea. This kid is no angel, but he's not a kid anymore. Uh, he has served his community. Uh, he has served the federal government. He served state government. Uh, and he did screw up. There's no question about it. But I believe he's done his time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We will uh, take the case under consideration. I thank you, gentlemen, for your, uh, for your willingness to come and appear. Next case. Rick called me on the phone after the hearing. He was furious. He was told by his attorney how it went. And Rick blamed the negativity of the Florida Clemency Board on the media coverage. He was certain that newspaper stories that went public hours before the hearing, and our video camera, and the associated press video camera that were inside the Clemency Hearing Boardroom, put the board members in a position to have to be tough on crime and tough on Rick. Rick was insistent, 
that if his commutation was denied, it would be the media's fault because of its decision to cover his hearing publicly. The wait began. Fourteen long and agonizing days later, Rick's attorney received a letter in the mail. It was only two sentences long. Dear Mr. Kotkamp, the Executive Clemency Board, at its hearing on March 13, 2019, took your client's case under advisement and has subsequently denied his request for commutation of sentence. According to the current rules of executive clemency, your client may be eligible to reapply for clemency on March 13, 2024. Rick will be out long before that. His scheduled release is October 26, 2020. I've not talked to Rick since the decision came down, but before the hearing, he told me he is prepared to do the entire sentence if he must, and each day he will look forward, because while he cannot change the past, he will not let it define who he is, or the promising future he is so looking forward to. I want to go sit on the porch with Ralph and his wife and Michelle and me and little things, you know, I want to do little things man that, that everything that you guys take for granted are the things that mean so much to me 